Welcome to Bible Curious, where we explore the entire Bible from cover to cover, asking ourselves, what is the Holy Bible? What claims does it make about God? And what message does it have for us today? Whether you're faithful or unfaithful, believing, unbelieving, or just plain curious, this series is for you. I'm Arthur Milliken, and today we will be reading Job chapters 17 to 20 from the World English Bible. You can find our reading plan at biblecurious.org forward slash plan. The book of Job chapter 17, introduction. Last chapter, Job cried, even now, behold, my witness is in heaven. He who vouches for me is on high. My friends scoff at me. My eyes pour out tears to God that he would maintain the right of a man with God, of a son of man with his neighbor. Now, Job's anguish reaches a fever pitch as he stands defiant against his accusing friends, promising them that upright men will vindicate him, because without vindication, what hope can there possibly be? In this chapter, Job appeals to men from God. Chapter 17 My spirit is consumed, my days are extinct, and the grave is ready for me. Surely there are mockers with me, my eye dwells on their provocation. Now, give a pledge. Be collateral for me with yourself. Who is there who will strike hands with me? For you have hidden their heart from understanding. Therefore, you will not exalt them. He who denounces his friends for plunder, even the eyes of his children will fail. But he has made me a byword of the people. They spit in my face. My eye also is dim by reason of sorrow. All my members are as a shadow. Upright men will be astonished at this. The innocent will stir himself up against the godless. Yet the righteous will hold to his way. He who has clean hands will grow stronger and stronger. But as for you all, come back. I will not find a wise man among you. My days are past. My plans are broken off, as are the thoughts of my heart. They change the night into day, saying the light is near in the presence of darkness. If I look for Sheol as my house, if I have spread my couch in the darkness, if I have said to corruption, you are my father, and to the worm, my mother, and my sister, where then is my hope? As for my hope, who will see it? Shall it go down with me to the gates of Sheol, or descend together into dust? Again, Job ironically accuses his friends of offering him false hope in verse 12. They change the night into day, saying the light is near in the presence of darkness. Job will not be consoled, but instead broods over the finality of the grave, known in Hebrew as Sheol. 
If I look for Sheol as my house, if I have spread my couch in the darkness, if I have said to corruption, you are my father, and to the worm, my mother, and my sister, where then is my hope? As for my hope, who will see it? Shall it go down with me to the gates of Sheol, or descend together into the dust? The Book of Job, Chapter 18 Introduction Job's inconsolable despair proves to be more than his friends can bear, and Bildad the Shuhite angrily retorts with an ominous curse. Notice how he sprinkles in details from Job's own suffering to make sure Job understands that Bildad is speaking about him. In this chapter, Bildad answers, God punishes the wicked. Chapter 18 Then Bildad the Shuhite answered, How long will you hunt for words? Consider, and afterwards we will speak. Why are we count as animals which have become unclean in your sight? You who tear yourself in your anger, Will the earth be forsaken for you? Or will the rock be removed out of its place? Yes, the light of the wicked will be put out. The spark of his fire won't shine. The light will be dark in his tent. His lamp above him will be put out. The steps of his strength will be shortened. His own counsel will cast him down, for he is cast into a net by his own feet, and he wanders into its mesh. A snare will take him by the heel. A trap will catch him. A noose is hidden for him in the ground, a trap for him on the path. Terrors will make him afraid on every side, and will chase him at his heels. His Strength will be famished. Calamity will be ready at his side. The members of his body will be devoured. The firstborn of death will devour his members. He will be rooted out of the security of his tent. He will be brought to the king of terrors. There will dwell in his tent that which is none of his. Sulfur will be scattered on his habitation. His roots will be dried up beneath. His branch will be cut off above. His memory will perish from the earth. He will have no name in the street. He will be driven from light into darkness. He will be chased out of the world. He will have neither son nor grandson among his people, nor any remaining where he lived. Those who come after will be astonished at his day, as those who went before were frightened. Surely such are the dwellings of the unrighteous. This is the place of him who doesn't know God. Here, the exhortations of Job's friends crosses the line from criticism to abuse. His strength will be famished. Calamity will be ready at his side. The members of his body will be devoured. The firstborn of death will devour his members. And if this wasn't enough, 
Bildad continues to pile on. His memory will perish from the earth. He will have no name in the street. He will be driven from light into darkness and chased out of the world. We can see how easily a man's heart can be corrupted when confronted with the horrors of living in a fallen world. Because God does not provide a quick solution to the suffering of Job, his companion responds by attacking the source of his discomfort, which is his friend, Job. This is what we must guard against when we ourselves come face to face with the naked reality of our own painful existence. The Book of Job, Chapter 19 Introduction As we progress deeper into the lamentations of Job, it will become clear that this epic dialogue must have taken place over an extended period of time, because, as you will hear, Job makes reference to his family and household having abandoned him, which events probably would not have happened all within the single week Job and his friends spent in silent mourning. You will also note how Job breaks the fourth wall, seeming to address the reader directly when he says, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book, followed by his remarkable insight. But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. In this chapter, Job claims, My Redeemer lives. Chapter 19 Then Job answered, How long will you torment me and crush me with words? You have reproached me ten times. You aren't ashamed that you attack me. If it is true that I have erred, my error remains with myself. If indeed you will magnify yourselves against me and plead against me my reproach, know that God has subverted me and has surrounded me with his net. Behold, I cry out of wrong, but I am not heard. I cry for help, but there is no justice. He has walled up my way so that I cannot pass and has set darkness in my paths. He has stripped me of my glory and taken the crown from my head. He has broken me down on every side and I am gone. He has plucked my hope up like a tree. He has also kindled his wrath against me. He counts me among his adversaries. His troops come on together, build a siege ramp against me and encamp around my tent. He has put my brothers far from me. My acquaintances are wholly estranged from me. My relatives have gone away. My familiar friends have forgotten me. Those who dwell in my house and my maids consider me a stranger. I am an alien in their sight. I call to my servant, and he gives me no answer. I beg him with my mouth. My breath is offensive to my wife. I am loathsome to the children of my own mother. Even young children despise me. If I arise, they speak against me. All my familiar friends abhor me. They whom I loved have turned against me. My bones stick to my skin and to my flesh. I have escaped by the skin of my teeth. 
Have pity on me. Have pity on me, you, my friends, for the hand of God has touched me. Why do you persecute me as God and are not satisfied with my flesh? Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book that with an iron pen and lead they were engraved in the rock forever. But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. In the end, he will stand upon the earth. After my skin is destroyed, then I will see God in my flesh, whom I, even I, will see on my side. My eyes will see, and not as a stranger. My heart is consumed within me. If you say how we will persecute him, because the root of the matter is found in me, be afraid of the sword, for wrath brings the punishments of the sword, that you may know there is a judgment. In verses 25 to 27, we find a concise summary of this book's main theme. But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. In the end, he will stand upon the earth. After my skin is destroyed, then I will see God in my flesh, whom I, even I, will see on my side. My eyes will see, and not as a stranger. Job describes God as a living being, not as an abstract force. He also affirms a physical existence where Job will live again after his death in an intimate relationship with the Heavenly Father. Life after death. Even as early as Job, this idea had already taken root among God's children. The Book of Job, Chapter 20 Introduction Job concluded the previous chapter with the following warning. If you say how we will persecute him because the root of the matter is found in me, be afraid of the sword, for wrath brings the punishments of the sword, that you may know there is a judgment. Job's friend Zophar takes this warning as a threat and responds with a full-throated curse directed at the suffering Job. In this chapter, Zophar answers, Triumph of the Wicked Short-Lived. Chapter 20 Then Zophar the Naamathite answered, Therefore my thoughts answer me, even by reason of my haste that is in me. I have heard the reproof which puts me to shame, the spirit of my understanding answers me. Don't you know this from old time, since man was placed on earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, the joy of the godless, but for a moment. Though his height mount up to the heavens and his head reach to the clouds, yet he will perish forever like his own dung. Those who have seen him will say, where is he? He will fly away as a dream and will not be found. Yes, he will be chased away like a vision of the night. The eye which saw him will see him no more. Neither will his place see him any more. His children 
will seek the favor of the poor. His hands will give back his wealth. His bones are full of his youth, but youth will lie down with him in the dust. The wickedness is sweet in his mouth, though he hide it under his tongue, though he spare it and will not let it go, but keep it still within his mouth, yet his food in his bowels is turned. It is cobra venom within him. He has swallowed down riches, and he will vomit them up again. God will cast them out of his belly. He will suck cobra venom. The viper's tongue will kill him. He will not look at the rivers, the flowing streams of honey and butter. He will restore that for which he labored and will not swallow it down. He will not rejoice according to the substance that he has gotten, for he has oppressed and forsaken the poor. He has violently taken away a house and he will not build it up because he knew no quietness within him. He will not save anything of that in which he delights. There was nothing left that he didn't devour. Therefore, his prosperity will not endure. In the fullness of his sufficiency, distress will overtake him. The hand of everyone who is in misery will come on him. When he is about to fill his belly, God will cast the fierceness of his wrath on him. It will rain on him while he is eating. He will flee from the iron weapon. The bronze arrow will strike him through. He draws it out and it comes out of his body. Yes, the glittering point comes out of his liver. Terrors are on him. All darkness is laid up for his treasures. An unfanned fire will devour him. It will consume that which is left in his tent. The heavens will reveal his iniquity. The earth will rise up against him. The increase of his house will depart. They will rush away in the day of his wrath. This is the portion of a wicked man from God, the heritage appointed to him by God. Job's friends scoff at his insistence that a redeemer would justify him after he is gone, assuming this redeemer was just some thug who would seek revenge upon anyone who insulted Job during his final days. Zophar took Job's warning personally and felt the need to rebuke Job in the strongest possible terms. All darkness is laid up for his treasures, an unfanned fire will devour him. It will consume that which is left in his tent. The heavens will reveal his iniquity. The earth will rise up against him. This is the portion of a wicked man from God, the heritage appointed to him by God. Let us pray. Father, wow. Thank you for the book of Job, which reveals to us the corruption and the darkness which can overtake men's hearts when confronted with suffering. Please give us wisdom and patience so that we may serve your kingdom even in a fallen world. Your son taught us to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us, for they know not what they do. Everyone needs forgiveness, especially those who don't deserve it. 
which is everyone. Please open our hearts so that we may receive your grace. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Thank you for listening. If you've satisfied any of your Bible curiosity, please rate this series. If you have feedback, write a review. And if you are still curious for more, please subscribe so that we can send you timely updates and join us for our next episode where we will be reading Job chapters 21 to 23, Why Do the Wicked Live? This is Arthur Milliken saying goodnight and God bless.